Hello, welcome to a podcast for Sports in MS. I'm sitting here with Natalie. Natalie and I met at St. George's Hospital when we started our first treatments of Ocrevas, is it? Yes, Ocrevas. Ocrevas or Ocrevivan or whatever. Yeah, long name. Some some long name. So we met at St. George's and we got chatting and if I remember correctly, when we talking to each other at that stage of the game, you hadn't told your family that you had MS. Only my husband. Only your husband, but yeah. you hadn't told your mum and your siblings. Is that correct? Definitely not mum or my father. No, I hadn't told them. I don't think I told my siblings. Because you were limping when I first met you. It just yeah. looked like a new... Yeah, like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, looking back, I think I sort of put, I kind of put my head in the sand. I thought, this is not happening, because it's just a limp. So, you know, nobody needs to know. Yeah. So, and obviously that's changed now, but, yeah, so, t- tricky, but it was, it was uh, yeah, just my husband, and we were trying to to sort of think of ways between the two of us to sort of manage all of that and manage the the people around us, but... Without a doubt, I believed it would just be a limp and no one need know. I didn't realise it was going to progress in the way it had done. And now, I mean, it's so obvious that, you know, everyone knows. So, yes, yeah, so that's that was the very first. And is that meeting. why you just didn't, you didn't see the need to tell anybody because you just thought, well, you know, I've... Well, it's like, so how many years ago? It's like 2015, 14, and Max is now... My youngest child is now 14, so you know, he was like seven or eight and he just didn't need to know. And the other one is four years older, so that that age is, you know, 13. Yeah. They don't care at that age, do you know what I mean? They yeah, for it, sure. It doesn't matter to them. So yeah, so no, I, I didn't tell anyone and I didn't tell my parents because they were sick. They were, well, not yet, but dad died in... 2019 and then mum died a year later pancreatic cancer so we were looking me and my sisters were looking after my parents and I didn't want to tell them I I knew you know dad was in his 90s why am I going to send them to their grave knowing that about me and did you tell them in the end no I didn't I told mum but right at the end and I don't think I even... There's nothing she could do about it. The only reason I told her is because I was look, we were looking after her. I was looking after her in her house with carers and stuff. And when when I was a bit sort of slow, because it had started, I just told her. And also because she's my mum and yeah, for you know, sure. we were very close. And I thought I'd better explain to her because everyone thought I'd sprained my ankle. So I couldn't have sprained my ankle for five years. Do you know what I mean? So she did know in the end, and it was a horrible time because she she passed away. Yeah. So and but I'm glad that they didn't see me now because I think that would be upset upsetting for them. Back then, you used to be able to walk your dogs. And yeah, I was able you. to walk my dog, two dogs. Yeah, and I yeah, and we you know we used to go to the park and meet other people. I like you know I love dogs. So uh, in fact, one of the terrible things for me with this condition is not being able to to go anymore my husband goes and the children and stuff but I can't go I cannot walk a distance to be able to to do that so that's very I remember you making me laugh because when you did used to walk the dogs that's when you started to fall over yeah so so I mean not that it's funny but no but it was funny because I didn't realize that, that the MS would progress and I thought right well I've fallen, and it was generally because, because oh my God, because there were like roots underneath the in the park, you know, roots, and the autumn bloody leaves on top of the roots, and I kept tripping on them, and the dogs were just, just jumping on me, and then I, I remember this as well because, but I've I've managed this problem as well. A lot of people know, I don't know, it might be a bit too much information that MS does affect your bladder yeah for so sure. I didn't really realize that 
totally at the beginning. So I'd have a cup of tea, take the kids to school, go and walk the dolls, and then halfway into the walk, shit on, um, I need to go to the toilet. So I'm in the bush, I've fallen over, I've got two dogs, and I'm thinking, I've got to go for a pee, it's unbelievable. And I'm literally peeing in the bush, worried about other dog walkers, but I don't know, no one seemed to notice. Because I'm quite small, so I was able to crouch in the bush. I'm thinking, God, this is a nightmare. Dogs on top of me, peeing over my pee. And dogs do. I think, oh my God, it's a nightmare. Um, but that was the least of my worries, actually. When that's, that is now 2015, 16, and I was still able to do that walk. Yeah. Sometimes I would struggle to get back to the car. It would be like one step. Tricky, but nothing like now. Okay, and um, you hadn't yeah. started treatment yet no no I didn't know so so I didn't realize anything the time the the first time that I thought something was off was because me and my sister did the run for cancer because mum at that time had breast cancer but that never that was never a bad it it never materialized to be it was pancreatic cancer that that got her but she was having some sort of therapy and stuff so we we did this run and it was during that run and there were loads of people it was on ups and downs there were loads of people from the schools and stuff and I was like running and then suddenly boom couldn't run and all my family were on the finish line you know and probably thinking where's Natalie and I just couldn't put one leg in front of the other it was just done and when I got to the finish line they were surprised because normally I'm quite was quite sporty I think where is she and I sort of hobbled over the finish line and I thought it was, I thought I'd pulled muscle or something. Yeah, for, I didn't yeah, know. Sure. And I thought, I'd, I had no idea. So, you know, I was like sort of massaging my leg, thinking what's gone on, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so that was the start. And then I went to, to I never went to the doctor actually. I went to physios because I thought it was yes, muscle. Same. So I yes, went to several same. physios in Epsom. You know, they're asking 10 million questions and I don't think anyone knows, knew. And then, I can't remember, I think one of the physios said, said, maybe you need to go and see a neurologist. And even then, what happened is that I went, Paul, my husband had Booper, so we went to Ashdead Hospital privately over Booper and we saw this man called Dr Hart. And he described it as a one-off. He didn't say MS to start with. He said... He thought it was something called a, a, a Utoff syndrome or something, which is a sort of one-off thing that will get better. I think I'd have to Google, but it was not yeah, a yeah. syndrome. It wasn't a, a MS. Yeah, I yeah. don't think it was MS. So anyway, then, and I remember he then said, I think we could have an MRI on your brain. And I, and I remember saying to him, but it's my leg that's hurting me, not my head. <laughs> I remember that. And he just sort of looked at me. And anyway, so I had the brain scan. So that's how little I knew about it. Yeah, I had for sure. no yeah. idea. Uh, anyway, so then he said, he, he gave me, I had a brain scan at, it was either in Epsom or at St George's, can't remember the first one. And then he then sort of said a bit later on, because all this took all, uh, a year, I think, you know, to get to wow. that point, you know, took a long time. Anyway, and then he he did man- mention, I remember being in in his office, just the two of us, and he mentioned these things on my brain lesions that that was typical with ms but he didn't say i'm diagnosing you with ms he said typical with ms so i kind of left sort of thinking i didn't really know whether i had it or not so that that was the start and then i'm just trying to think back now so i remember paul so we had the discs and we put them into the computer at home because paul's brother is a doctor right research doctor and he does anyway and he we all they all looked at the scans and and we were looking at the we could see the legions so I I remember that and so what he confirmed it for you did you then go back and how did you end up being prescribed treatment so he confirmed that there were legions similar with MS but he did he's not the one that prescribed anything because I remember this it was it was just a bit wishy-washy and he this this one incident because of the dogs and I just remember this and I said I'm a bit worried about walking my dogs I said what I want to achieve is to be able to not for it to to get worse than this and is this 
if it's if it's just this then I can deal with it yeah and I remember this it was just such a sort of weird thing to say and he said well when you walk your dog you could take you know those sticks when you throw the ball so you sit and you throw the ball and I'm thinking right okay well that's a good solution Pratt, you know, like, for God's sake. And so I said, right, okay. And I'm thinking, well, you know, that's not the point, is it? It's like, no. you know, yes, it's a good, yes, that's what people do, but they don't. You've got to get the dog out of the car and what, you know, it's just a stupid thing to say. Anyway, so I just sort of said, yeah, okay. So that was that. Anyway, as time went on, I had another scan, another, so maybe six months had gone on by this time because then he gave me another scan. I remember him saying, that he first of all said, I remember because Paul was cross about this, said, it's got worse, there are more legions, it's got worse. Then, I remember because we had the scan, because it's because it was private, they give you the scan. Right, They okay. don't on the NHS. Right, okay. Right, because Paul had the booper. So, and he put in the new scan, the new disc thing, and he said, I can't see any more legions. And I said, yeah, you're not the doctor. You know, obviously you can see stuff. And then he said, no, I can't. Anyway, so then I remember this quite clearly. He phoned again, like three days later. and said, oh, sorry, I made a mistake. It's the same. There are no more legions. So that was that. And then he said, I can't, this is not really me anymore. I'm going to send you to St. George's because at St. George's, you'll have a neurologist and there's a group of doctors and they all they all look meet at, and they all meet and yeah, so you'll yeah. be better looked after there yeah yeah so we went to st george's and it was at st george's by that time i've had two mris and were you so, worried like in between all that gap and stuff physically were you any different or I was were just you just was your brain limp. like my running brain away? was running away like there's nothing wrong with me that it's just a little limp and I can deal with it. So I'm just trying to think. So we went, we did several things because my foot, my left foot, which is where the MS in, it's sort of, I've got a bit of a drop foot and it turns in to the right. So there's a sort of number of things going on. Paul, who, who I think just wanted to help me and fix it. So he phoned some people called Dorset Orthotics and they built me like a boot thing that puts your legs straight. And it, it costs money, but it's quite difficult to put into a shoe. But it did work for a bit. It was just so much. And then they were sort of thinking about, you could have like another thing, which is, you know, like it gives you like mini electric shocks. You put it, you tie it onto your leg and it gives you little shocks. And sometimes it helps people with foot drop. No way. Yeah. I never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Electric thing. But it didn't work for me. I did, it did, didn't work. It didn't make... Was it painful? No, not really. It's just uncomfortable. And so I thought, no, I don't, that's not for me. So th there were lots of different sort of things going on. So that was a trip to, yes, these Dorset people. And still you were not officially diagnosed well, with I can't MS. quite remember, okay. Antoinette. It was like, it was all together. Yeah, and yeah, all, yeah. And don't forget, all of this time I've got my two parents dying. Of course. One after another. Of course, of course. And they were kind of on my mind. And I was kind of also trying to hide it from people. And I don't really know why. Why would you do that? But... I don't, I don't know. I just was... What suddenly like made you decide not to hide it from people? Is it just because your body was just like... Because, so you can't, it, you know... You I'm saw, like, like, you know, I'm, you can see. I'm, it's a nightmare. And did people, like, ask you, or did you just say, I've got, I've got MS? Yeah, I, I had to say. And, I had, and, and, you know, I told my sisters, and people started... Well, my family started to say, tell your friends, because they're going to be helpful. In fact, they were helpful, you know, like... We talked about this in your hospital. We did. Yeah. yeah. Because I remember, I think, when we first met and we were having that first treatment together, at that stage you hadn't told anybody. No. I don't um, know why it was going on. I felt, why would you feel embarrassed about having an illness? It's weird. But you do. There are certain things that you do because you feel, you feel like a bit of a burden to, to you don't want people, you, you want to be a fit, healthy mum don't you going yeah. to the football matches and stuff like that and increasingly it's become more and more difficult so you were at st george's you tried the boot and then your you were looking after your parents your ms had progressed where the boot what just became redundant the, the boot, boot became didn't... redundant and it did cost money and then the other thing and i don't know this is might be a bit of a blur because it's like one and it's just such a weird a bit like with covid you know how it just every i mean i'm sure people just in general would say 
it just merged one day merged into the next a year because of you yeah. know we were, and then we had that covid in yeah, between yeah. and of course during that covid my son was doing his GCSEs so there was so much going on that you, you know, just didn't this... focus on your no not really NS. and and also d- d- everyone was at home so I didn't really need to like because everyone we, we, we couldn't go anywhere anyway so I think it was probably getting worse because I was not moving around so much but then everyone was with me so it was just a weird weird time yeah you know? yeah so I don't I can't quite remember to be honest and think when. by COVID we had both so we were all we were both having treatment at the same time making Correct. sure we were sitting there for yes. six hours at exactly. the same time even through COVID we went to St we went George's in the little hut at the back that's yeah, right yeah, yeah, got rid yeah. of the husbands yes because by that time we didn't need them no. we had each other <laughs> That's right. oh We'd have pack lunches and whatever. Well, you're all good with the pack lunch. I'm yes, rubbish. Yeah. I had loads Yeah, you too. had like a trip to the bloody beach, you were. <laughs> okay, yeah. so, wait, so we were both having the same drug. Yeah. But for you, you were, con- you were progressing quicker than I was. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, so I was having that drug. But the thing is, is that I don't think... What happened with the drug is that they said that in order for me to have that drug, I had to be relapsing remitting. Personally, I don't think I was ever relapsing remitting because it's just never relapsed and remitted. It's just got worse. Yeah, like secondary progressive. Yeah, so now they're saying it's secondary progressive. So that's why they've taken me, that they've taken me off the drug. So we won't be able to be together anymore. I know you're leaving. You've left me. I'm leaving you. You But I don't know if it's right or wrong. No one knows. So the new drug is called Siponimod. And that's for active secondary progressive. So I think that that makes sense. How does that drug work then? That's not an intravenous like ours. No, it's a drug I just eat. So I think that it's going to work. What's supposed to happen is it's supposed to slow it down. Which is what Ocrevus does. Yeah. But... We don't really know. No. That is the weird thing, isn't it? Yeah. So we go and we take these drugs. It's like when you go for treatment for other illnesses and you say, right, the the doctor or whoever says, right, you're going to have X, Y, and Z. This is the effect it's going to have. This is how you're going to feel. And then we're going to check back after a period of time and we can see hmm. that the drug has achieved this, 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 or the feelings have been this, this, this. But with MS... Yeah, we don't know. Nobody... You have all these MRI scans once every yeah. 12 months or whatever, but nobody has a clue. Well, at if, the moment, the, the last MRI scan is... It, it hasn't... What's happened is that I have no new lesions. That they know, so that's good. Yeah. However, the lesions I have are active. I think that's how I understand it. So I haven't got new ones. So I presume that makes sense in that it hasn't moved to any other part of my body. It's only in my left leg, but it hasn't moved to other parts. And now you are permanently with a stick. I am permanently with a stick. Yeah. Okay. Um, on my le- on my left side. Okay. So you have also tried this new thing. I have Botox. Yes, I've Tell tried me that. Tell me about the Botox. So I'm just trying to think where where we were. So I start the new drug. You so met somebody to... at the center. No, I met. I was on holiday. That's right. And yeah, we yeah, met yeah. an American woman. Yeah, yeah. And she just saw me walking and she said have you got ms and i said yeah and she said oh well, well so have i but look at me she was practically hopping and skipping i wanted to punch her and she said look at me she said i've had botox she said you said you need to get botox sweetie because you had no so i said okay and then we had and she was actually lovely and she had a husband and we then sort of chatted and anyway so that that holiday was last summer and someone else had told me about the Botox one of the physios but I didn't think much about it anyway to cut a long story short it's taken a year to get the Botox because then I wrote letters to the neurologist and I said could this be a good thing could this help it took so long we wrote so many letters anyway finally I had the Botox in February this year okay so explain to me what that entailed so that was injections into my leg I had five injections into my thigh and also into the calf because 
the other thing that I have, which is really irritating, is that my toes, the curl like this. Like claws. Like claws, like an orangutan. (laughs) So I was more thinking like some bird, but okay, we could go go with with the orangutan. (laughs) Well, that's how it looked to me. And I could see that actually getting worse during the COVID. And one thing that really gets on my nerves is that I was doing a lot of swimming, which is helpful. But because of the clawing orangutan, (laughs) that has been quite difficult to walk in the swimming pool. What's it called? What's it called when you have too much acidity and it makes your... My dad used to have it. It makes your... your Gout. Gout. No. Is it curling like gout? Does it curl like gout? No, not really. (laughs) I can show you if you want. No. It just curls in. It's annoying because of the swimming pool. So if you can imagine, I've got my knee that wants to go in inwards yes i've got the which can be quite painful to be honest because it's just like keeps going inwards it's really annoying and then i've got the drop thing foot thing and the foot that wants to also go inwards plus with the clawing so it's it's unpleasant and difficult to walk so that's what's going on in order to try and and make that walking e- easier and also so that the, to make the toes straight so i've had the botox um, one off a one off set of a one off but i think i'm going to go back they they they've asked me to go back so okay. what happens with that is that all they inject into the muscles to freeze the muscles that work in order to make the ones that don't work catch up correct to wake them up and there's a sort of window when they are frozen. And at that time, you've got to do exercises and stuff. So I've been really trying. I've got the exercises. I've been doing as many as I can. But in the middle of all of this, I knew the Botox appointment was on the 1st of February. But just to put another spanner in the works, in December, I fell over. I had a really bad fall and I broke my hip. So that has been terrible. But luckily, I was able to... You know, I spent a month in hospital with the hip. Okay, so... The the hip is the other leg. So I've got a broken hip leg and a Botox leg. (laughs) MS leg. So no legs. Leg and good. And a orangutan foot. So life is good. (laughs) Still laughing though. We're still laughing. We are still laughing. Uh, I'm laughing laughing because it's the way you tell us. I don't know. What do you want me to do? I could cry. Okay, (laughs) so appropriate. So you broke your hip. Yeah. If I remember correctly, around like the twenty second of December. Yeah, I did. Just before Christmas. You spent Christmas and New Year's. In hospital. In hospital. Yeah. 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 St. Helier. I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) at Christmas did you have your own room well so I fell in the kitchen and I can't I can't I can't even tell you like a great story like I was dangling from the chandelier in some (laughs) sexual act or or drinking barrels of wine or anything like that no there's not even like a shark story or you know it's like no I fell oh just on the floor in our kitchen is a wooden floor, like this one here, and I just felt, I don't even know what happened. And one minute I was up, next minute down, head looking at the floor, thinking, mm, this isn't good, <laughs> this isn't good. And I remember it because my son was there, my husband was there, but can you believe it? They were actually going out because it was Christmas, and I said, I'm fine, I'm fine, just put me on the sofa, I'll be fine, like this. They went out. <laughs> And I was left with Max, my 14-year-old. And my 18-year-old said, you need to look after mum. She's hurt herself. He comes downstairs and he says, mum, I need to sit with you. I went, yeah, it's fine. Just, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then he says, can we watch Elf? <laughs> it was Christmas. So we watched Elf. Unbelievably enough, there was an ambulance strike on that day. My husband comes back. He was very concerned. He said, I think... You know, he said, I'll come back early. It was just, it was just a Christmas drink. And, you know, and he did. He came back early and he, we would try to phone, you know, 111 or whatever. Anyway, in the end, we 
the ambulance was going to come in the morning. So the ambulance came first thing in the morning. It was not a good night. I was, I was in pain, but I hadn't quite realised I'd broken it. I, I knew I couldn't move, but I, I didn't know because... Wow. You do, I don't know, I couldn't put weight on it. In the morning... Yeah, but didn't you have lots of pain, wasn't it? Well, I did, but I didn't... Re- I mean, I'm falling so much, and there's been so much pain over <laughs> over the years. I'm just thinking, well, that's just another fall. You know, you know. I don't know. Maybe I'm good with pain. I have no idea. Anyway, so, but when the ambulance people came, brilliant. Oxygen, you know, everything. There was no way I was getting up, because Paul was saying, oh, maybe I could put you in the car and drive you to the hospital no way I needed to be you know put on a sort of stretch thing out. yeah trolley that so we get to St Helia they do an x they do an x-ray they say it's it's broken so you stayed in hospital for... I stayed in hospital for two weeks St Helia and then after the new year they moved me to a sort of rehab place because they needed the beds yeah people yeah were, for sure know, were falling and stuff because it was quite icy so the person that I was with, were you the youngest a, person with all Everyone these was 110, <laughs> except for me. I was another thing. Oh no, it's a nightmare. Um, so yeah, seriously. You, yeah, you can. It's rare for young people to break their hip. Yes, it's rare. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was. Everyone was old, shouting, swearing in the middle of the night nurse nurse you know, all this sort of stuff all, awful it was awful it's an awful time to be in hospital full stop for anybody really it christmas and new year yeah i mean i was lucky enough not to be in a ward with loads of people they put me in this ward with one other lady and she was really nice it was fun and interesting well fun that's a stupid word fun but it was she was interesting because she oh funny if she could listen to this i'm like she was a <laughs> she's in her 60s and she was a used to be a nun but then reformed herself with three ch- children and an alcoholic husband called Bernard <laughs> I heard all this about her and I'm like oh it's so weird and we just kind of hit it off and I said why did you reform as a nun and she said I don't really know but I said well and I remember being wheeled off to the from my operation and I said, Anne, you pray for me. I know you're not a nun anymore, but pray for me because it might work better. <laughs> and she was laughing. And I don't know why I was laughing. I'm going to be operated on. They moved me to something called the Escalation Ward. So they wheeled me miles. It felt like miles across St. Helia Hospital. I that remember hospital saying to the humongous. man, where are you taking me? <laughs> where are you taking me? And then I had all this stuff on the bed because they wheeled the bed and I had like a plant and <laughs> Stuff, you know, that people, water, all bran, all stuck this on top of me. And this man wheeling me. And he goes, oh, and the escalation ward was like a ward for people that they didn't want anymore, that needed to be got rid of. They didn't want, and it was like a sort of... Just stepping stone to the exit. Exactly. It would be, I would describe it as the overflow car park. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it was, Antoinette. I get there and... It's no better. The people there are, it's like, it was like being in a lunatic asylum. And it was quite upsetting, but also unbelievable. And at night, not being funny, at night, there was these people shouting. There was this Irish woman who, not, it doesn't matter that she's Irish, but she kept telling this other woman who was getting up and shouting, getting up naked, by the way, and getting up and, and sort of, wandering around saying you know where's where's martin like this and the other irishman was going feck off feck off feck right off like this and i'm thinking oh this is a nightmare and i said to the nurse could you pull the curtain around so i don't have to look at these people and she said oh, we need to see you yeah and i said but i'm okay i'm not dying you just pull it around and i'll buzz you if i need you you know yeah and anyway so some let me have the curtain around and some didn't but I'll tell you, the new year, this is a funny, I'm in the hospital, obviously still, new year, new year's eve, Paul, he says, I said to him, go out, go out, just go out, go and see your brother or something, or just, you know, don't worry, there's nothing we can do, I'm still here, and he said, no, 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 I, I don't want to go out this time, just, let's just watch the works on our phones and we'll speak to each other, so I said, okay, we'll do that. And then he's had a few beers and he gets a little bit emotional. I remember this. And I think I sent him a little message saying, get a grip. <laughs> get 
to grip. I'm the one I'm not. So stop crying like this or stop being emotional. And we were kind of laughing. And then suddenly I said, Paul, I have just seen a mouse run under my bed across to the next door woman's bed underneath, you know, on the floor. I cannot fucking believe it. I'm in the overflow car park with mice underneath me with a broken hip and MS. I said, can it get any worse? Like this. And then I said, I remember this. And he just said, well, the mouse is the least of your worries. And I said, can they jump? You know, I didn't want it on my bed. And he said, no, Nat. He said, they're not carnivores. Don't worry about the mouse. It probably just looking for food. And I felt like saying, well, not the food served here. <laughs> Trust me, it wouldn't want the food served here. So that, you know, and I thought to myself, I've got to get out of this, this you, you hellhole. You, <laughs> you left soon after, though, didn't you? I did. And then, so the people were a bit, I mean, I'm, pe- I'm painting a picture of, you know, the NHS at its worst. <laughs> However, many of them were brilliant and so kind, you know, the physios, and I think they were just over, really overstretched, but it was not nice. No, not nice. I think that was real hard for you. But yeah, it was, but then they moved me to this other place in Epsom, which was like a, a rehab place, a little community hospital. Yeah, and they have quite a bit of MS going on at Epsom Hospital, don't they? Like some kind, don't they deal with people with MS or some kind of physio on the opposite yep, side to where they you do, were staying? They do, and I'd been there before for physio, and that's where I'm going now, because the main thing for me now is to get my hip better, the hip leg better, so that I can be back to walking so um, you you said you were going to go back for more botox yes that is why right, botox. why why are you because going back i more? feel i feel that because of the hip that i haven't i've been really trying to do the exercises but because of the hip i could have done more exercises because i've, I've got to contend with the two things you're compensating for the right hip correct but i'm trying so i've now done well i'm because we bought a hot and we didn't buy it we we, we hired a hospital bed so that I slept downstairs because I couldn't do the stairs. But now I'm doing the stairs. I'm driving because I've come to see you. Yeah. So I can, it's, things are on the up, but it's still there. So do you think the Botox has made a difference? My toes are straight. Oh, great. I told the nurse that. The um, orangutans left. The orangutans <laughs> gone away. Although it's still a little bit there, but I've got to keep doing these exercises and the exercises are, they're boring to be honest. I mean, I know everyone said, oh, you know, MS and the exercises, but I want to do, you know, I want to swim, I want to walk the dog, blah, 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 and I can't do those things, so that's upsetting. Do you think you will? I don't know. Do you think the Botox, if you have more Botox, now that your hip is even that little bit more able to cope with it all, do you think that the Botox is going to make you more mobile? I don't know. I think so, yes, I do. I've got to be positive about it. So I've also got these, this strap around my knee because you remember I said that my knee pronates yes so they call it hyperextension so this thing that I'm wearing on my leg so they also they've been trying several things with that in order so the orthotic so I go to the Douglas Bader place in Roehampton and they built me an orthotic it wasn't very good I didn't like it so they've now given me a different one which is just like a knee brace and it does help so I'm thinking with the hip getting better, the knee brace, the Botox, uh, I'm hoping for a bit, you know, for... for, 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 for yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, so what I can do now is I've gone from... Because when I broke my hip, they gave me a Zimmerfrain. I couldn't even do that. So now I've gone, I've, I've gone, that's gone away. I've now got this stick here that you can say, which has got three, three prongs. prongs so yeah. my aim is to get onto a one-pronged stick and, and that is because further. of your hip not the ms because yeah before hip. you broke your hip you were on a one stick one stick yeah right yeah. so it's so you're hoping to go back to the just the stick i'm hoping to yeah but you know and at the moment you know i'm waiting for them to give me this new drug because okay so so that's where we are so the whole thing okay so you had gone difficult. for an you had gone for your mri yeah and your last MRI is when they decided to change your drug. Correct. Okay, so the name of this new drug is, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the word, 
Yeah, it's with called Siponimod. Right. And it's a tablet. It's a tablet. How often? Once a day. And have you started it? No. I'm waiting. They're slow. Because it's supposed to be in place of the Ocrevus, which you had just recently. I should have been there with you. Yes, but you should. But I'm still waiting for this drug. You should. Yeah, so that's where we are. So it's a bit depressing, but at least at least the hip is improving and it's very painful. What made you decide, because you found the MS group, the quiz group, and yes. uh, what made you look for... You know, I said at the beginning that I was burying my head in the sand. I, I definitely was. I wasn't admitting I was at the time, but Paul was quite key in saying you've got to tell your friends you've got to tell your sisters you've got to do stuff about it you know I remember that and I'm like oh no and he 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 said you know go and find out about and he was finding out far more than I was right he was googling and doing stuff and he's the one that found the boot he found it he paid for it you know yeah he then said I can see, I don't want to hear, it, it might get be getting worse because you could see on the little walks we were going, I couldn't yeah. really do them. Yeah. And he then researched this wheelchair that you power it yourself. And it, I mean, it, it is an amazing piece of equipment, but he said, I've got, I know you don't want it. He said, but I've spoken to this company, blah, blah, blah. And we went for this trial and he said, I'm just going to buy it. You don't have to look at it. He said, I'm just going to buy it. And I remember the woman saying, you'll be able to go on the walks and stuff like that. At the moment, we have been on some walks with this chair and it's nice to get out. But I'm, you know, it. he's right. Paul is right about the chair because I'm able to go with him. But I don't really like it. Why um, don't you like it? Because you're in a wheelchair. And it, it's, it's not a nice not a nice feeling I like it if no one's there because then I'm uh, you're your own person yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. uh, so putting that aside it's it's he's he's been brilliant really quietly on the side trying to make me come to terms with it but it's hard it's tough to it's tough to think well you know like five years ago whenever it was I was running swimming walking playing tennis etc with my children and then you know to go on a dog walk you've got to sit in a bloody wheelchair yeah it's not nice but he was sort of quite pragmatic about it and said this is what we're going to do we're going to put this in the car we're going to do this you know and you're going to come the other thing with my husband is that it took me quite a long time to get the blue badge because i was just in denial about the whole thing i admit it i'm not having a blue badge you know, but now I've got one. It's the best thing. <laughs> but, okay, my son said, this blue badge is brilliant. You know, we're parking right outside. Anywhere we were, we were parking. Yeah. You know, and it's a bit like, so we, you know, when we went on holiday, Paul said, we've got to take the wheelchair because Gatwick Airport, you know, is so long. Just, there's no way you can do it. So this is last year. I said, yeah, we'll, we'll take the wheelchair. It's fine. But then, of course, we're first on the aeroplane. And again, my son said, this is brilliant. <laughs> first on, like, you know, like the queen, you know. So you've got to think about positives in that yeah, respect. For sure. But you don't feel good. You don't feel good because it's a bit like, I suppose if you're in a, if you're a child and you're in a push chair, you know, you don't talk to the child, do you? You talk to the adult. Yeah. And the person in the chair is like secondary. Yeah. That's how it feels. You feel secondary and you've just got to get your head around that. I, I can't, I can't get... You need get, a little, you need those little squeeze horns, <laughs> little bells and whistles to say. I don't know what you need, but it's, it, it's just how you feel. And I know there's a lot of stuff with, a lot of stuff now, isn't there, on, on the TV about disabilities and, you know, people need to be included. I and mean, there's a lot more yes. stuff. I think people are a little bit more aware. They are, but I think all those people that are in their wheelchairs and do you know the Olympics I think they're all admirable but I don't feel good in a wheelchair those people are brilliant but they're not me I feel shit in a wheelchair to be honest I hate it and so for example 
the other day, Max, because he's he's good at football, and he and sometimes the you know where you go and watch your child, it's not like the Premier League, and you're just there on a on the on the in a box watching your child. You know, you have to walk miles across some field, and the schools and the pictures are. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah for you know, sure. It's, it's not as simple as you think. So, you know, I can't go and do that. But the, the other day, Paul said, I'll put the chair and you can come and watch Max. I'll put it in the boot and you can come and watch Max. And I said, no, I'm not doing it. And he said, it's okay. You know, you'll be fine. But there was some sort of, I just didn't want to be with a bunch of 14-year-old lads my son, all the, you know, and the only parent in a wheelchair. That was no, but maybe in a year I'll get over that. I don't know. At the moment, I don't want them to see me. Do you understand? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, so that's where from I when I first met you to now, mm. between the two of us, we definitely have a sense of humour about it. Yeah. Whereas when I first met you, it wasn't funny. It really did upset you. But I feel that you know, I think we both kind of, and this is the thing, this is where I think it's so beneficial when people get together, not, you know, when they are very far down the line, when you are first diagnosed and when you are going through mm. all that you have gone through, mm. we have made, not light of it, but we kind of entertain each other with it. We do, yeah. And kind of make it a little bit more part of our everyday life yeah which i think helps us to accept it that little bit I more suppose so. i don't know um which is what i think is so important it's when you're in isolation with your own thoughts and you freak yourself out that's mm. when stuff just tends to head yeah downhill at such a pace yeah rather than you know yeah. I'm sure there's somebody else who can't walk the dogs anymore, trips up over the roots and just bursts into tears. Lots because of people, yeah. But you I know, do burst into tears a lot, you know. But then I get over it because I can't spend the rest of my life crying. And I? So I've, I've got to be... You have to be quite strong, I think. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah, but I, and I also... Do you know what? I'll tell you how it is in my mind. It's like... It's like a grieving. I feel like it's like a, a grieving that happens. So, you know, you grieve about your parents dying or whoever dying, but th this is like a grieving for what I had. So all those, you know, my my life of before, because it has changed. It's limiting. Yeah. So, you know, and I worry about that. Not, not just for myself, but also for my husband. Yeah, for because sure. Because I'm just thinking, well... He must feel terrible sometimes because he's he's out on his own with those dogs. We're in our 50s, you know, so he will retire at some point. And his, I remember him always saying, you know, when I'm retired, we're, we're going to get a little car and drive around Italy, you know, just the two of us. And how is that going to happen? Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. how is that going to happen? Yeah. How, it's like everything's been cut. How can we... But we we can. We can wheelchair from but it's not the same for sure it's not the same you can't you know whatever you can be really positive when we when we move house the next house we get will probably have to be on one floor stuff like that unless there's a miracle with yeah. the drugs and <clears throat> botox and whatever we've had that conversation so, as well you know about adapting to everything being on one floor you know calvin has suggested that yeah. When if we did an extension somewhere downstairs would be a bedroom and I'm like, have you lost your mind? I yeah. said I'll quicker have a stair lift than convert my living space into a bedroom because for me that just yeah, kind of puts it like in your a, face. On one floor, you yes. can have beautiful places on one floor. Yes, but it's all these things that you have to think about that you never thought you would. Yeah, and that's and and it's just. Do you know what? It's it's everything. It's sort of as I described, watching your child play football, going to the shop. Just going to the shops. Because, you know, how am I going to try... Trying clothes on in the shops is a problem. Because I've got all these bits and bobs and then I don't even want to. It's, just, it's so tiring. I love shopping, you know, so you can't do all these things, you know. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something you have to get your hand, head round and, and think about how you can do them. But it's not easy. It just isn't very easy.
So I think, but I also think it's difficult for Paul because, you know, how does he feel? He's thinking, well, I'd like to go walking in the Lake District. Well, he's going on his own, isn't he? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but that's upsetting. For sure. Because, you know, we're coming up to our last child is going to leave and then I don't want him wheeling me around. So I've got, but he's going to have to, or, you know, something's going to give. I don't, I don't know, but that's the situation. And it's, and I think, you know, a lot of people with MS seem to walk fine. Yeah. So that's like, so how unlucky is that? Why do some people get it like this? But some people even, even worse. I mean, you know. So nobody knows why. No. The place, the Douglas Bader, where the orthotics, they're not generally not all MS people. They're people who may have been in, you know, in Afghanistan or something and they've got no legs. I remember Paul saying, at least you've got legs. That was Paul, I mean, you know, trying to make light of the city. So it, I understand that there's people who are suffering far more than this, but it still, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, but grief is grief, isn't it? And mm. like you said, it's a grieving process and it's a very subjective process. And, yeah. you know, each person will come to terms with losing something or the yeah. other in their own way. Yeah. And yeah. it's all relative. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're in pain, it's the worst pain ever because... It's yes. just affecting you, you know, you're yes. not concerned with the bigger picture for the time being. Mm. And I suppose that's, that's the same with, with us, with MS. We're not focused on the bigger picture, we're like just yeah. trying to deal individually, legs or no legs, you know? Yeah, you I just... know. I know. So, um, yeah, so I, I do, I, I worry about Paul, but he has been amazing. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how amazing he's been. I don't think I tell him enough. But he's been amazing. He's shopping. Well, he find out now. <laughs> You'll find out now. But he has. He's shopping. He's cooking. Thank God he's good at cooking. Thank God. But you know he's you know and he's putting me in mind because you know they do say don't they that you need to eat vegetables. I mean, luckily I like vegetables, so I'm I'm trying. You know, I've stopped eating meat. I think that drives him up the wall because he has to then like think about fish and what be creative but I don't even know I don't know anymore if that's I really think that if the neurologist if they if they said right if you only eat plants you'll get better everyone would be eating plants that had MS do you know what I mean for sure but you know so you're we're told to drink this oat milk by the way it's disgusting <laughs> and it, and it's not getting better I don't think so but I'm trying, so I'm, I'm, I'm much more mindful of my eating. I try to eat healthily as I can. You know, yes. and I don't know, I, I wish, but because there are people that say, you know, there's books even, plant-based diets and... Yes, well, more one of my other podcasts, Lorna, she was all about, she became completely vegan when she was diagnosed. Yeah. No drugs, <sighs> no medication just decided to change her diet and her her lifestyle and she explains why and and how that is working for her mm. yeah, but, but I, I think it's you know, a different form of ms but i suppose the thing is as well natalie i think everybody just has to it's just and again this is the importance of sharing you only know all these mm. alternative and all these choices yes because of other when people. you speak to other people yeah. and you know people share their their thoughts you yeah. know and I had never heard of the Botox before no. I met you at the treatment. I didn't know about the boot. No. You know, yeah. that you tried the boot and whatever else. Yeah. So I think that, and the more people that come up with their anecdotes and their lifestyle, yeah. how they adapt their lifestyle in order to just, you know, have yeah. a good day or have a good week or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it was the right thing to do to, to tell people because people have been really kind. In fact, quite overwhelming with doing the, the hip. I mean, people came and sometimes, you know, you don't always want to see people when you yeah. look terrible, but they were nice. And the people in the hospital, at the community hospital, the physios and stuff, I mean, they're phoning me saying, how are you and stuff. So, you know, and the other people, some of them were old, but there was this little chap there, he was called Peter. Because I said, I cannot 
I've got to get up and walk around with the with the Zimmer frame. And uh, and he was like, oh, let's watch the TV. And he was like 95 or something. I was sitting there. And Paul comes along and says, oh, I see you've got a new boyfriend. I said, yeah, I love him. And, you know, and he was just so kind and yeah. so sweet. And yeah, so it's people. It is people. It's having yeah. people. And so. I feel so sorry. I've met somebody who has MS that lives completely on her own tricky completely isolated and she is severely disabled and whatever else and horrible it's yeah I don't know what we would do we are lucky we have our husbands and our family and whatever else yeah but you know what do you do when you don't have all of that you know it must be so hard but with everything with everything yeah it's awful yeah I think, Natalie, that we yes. have talked about everything. Have we? Wow. I think we have. Yeah, I don't I think, think that we, we did too. the broken hip, we did the Botox, we did the boot, and we yeah. did the new drug. Yeah, fingers crossed that will work. Fingers crossed. And, uh, and I just have to keep walking and keep, keep going. That's yeah. all I can do. That's all I'm we can do. I'm going to try. And laugh. I am trying to laugh. I'm no, really we, trying. We laugh. We do laugh. And, uh, and all these things that are not allowed, you know, you can't drink, you can't do this. You Who can't said you've got to drink? I don't know, people. I pack it in. You, know, <laughs> just, you, know, you, you can't on. smoke. No, that's right. And no I stress. Don't smoke. I used to smoke, but I don't smoke anymore. Oh, but no, the wine no. is crucial. The wine is crucial. Thank you so much for coming You're and welcome. chatting to me. I look forward to spending many, many years in our great friendship that MS has given us. It I gave us our friendship. off, actually, the best thing about getting MS is meeting you. Oh, Natalie, that's such a... You're going to make me cry. Oh, let's cry. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a lovely thing Yes, to I made say. a cry. Excellent. Well, it's the truth. I mean it. That's a really lovely thing to see. <laughs> okay. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs>